Hey there, this is Emily. And this is Rosa. Welcome to the Unchecked Podcast. We are two women from two different countries who will talk about living life in their late 20s. Hey everyone, welcome back to our latest episode. Today, we're actually going to talk about uh, self-love and setting boundaries. I think it's really particularly important during this time to really practice self-love and really, we're just going to give examples of, of how we've seen it show up in our spaces. So we're going to first talk about differentiating between what self-care and self-love is because we think that's really different and then how we're really actively working to set boundaries whether it's personal professional and in relationships um, so I'm going to start off with the definition and then I'm going to hand off to Rosa to really have her talk about what self-love means to her um, but self-care means taking care of yourself physically and mentally right but self-love is a little bit different it means how you show kindness to yourself how do you love yourself unapologetically um, and then, yeah, how to not judge yourself um, while also using some of those self-care tactics that you typically include. So, Rosa, how do you show yourself self-love? Like, this is a very interesting and hard topic for me to talk about because at the same time that I would like to say, like, yeah, I love myself. Like, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I battle to that a lot. I think that I show myself self-love by going to therapy. I have been going mm-hmm. to therapy for a very long time and I think mm-hmm. that helps me. Um, so I think that having someone talk to you about kind of like your deepest, darkest fears, even if, 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 it, even if it's just your everyday life, it helps validate you. And sometimes I need validation. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. that that's the way I show myself the most self-love is that I go to therapy. I try to become a better person of myself. I try to feel better about myself. I try to hate, like, I don't think I hate myself anymore, but I think I did at a point in time. And I think that to therapy, I have, it has helped me a lot. And it's crazy because you can have, you can be surrounded by people. Like you can be with a loving family. You can have everything but if it's not, if it doesn't click in your brain, it's never going to click in your brain. So yeah. you really have to do the work. Yeah, I guess if you don't mind me asking, when when was that switch when you realized you quote unquote hate yourself and realized you need to figure out how to reverse that thought in your mind? I actually like I cannot pinpoint like a time like, OK, like, yeah. Yeah, I was I'm extremely unkind to myself or yeah, I was very nice to myself. Like I cannot pinpoint. Like I think like for me it started more like when I was younger, I think around my parents' divorce, I became more introspective and I started thinking a lot about I think that my biggest issue is that I'm very sensitive about the things that are going on in the world and sometimes I feel like I kind of have this survival guilt because my life is so, I don't want to be like amazing, the best life ever, but I do live, I think, the best way that I want to live. Like, I, I think I'm free in the most, like, craziest, most self-fulfilling sense of the world. I was mm-hmm. able to, like, just, like, oh, Trump is president. Okay, I'm getting the fuck out of the States, you know? Like, a lot mm-hmm. of people just talk about doing things, but I did them right i've been mm-hmm. all action and 
I really think that sometimes I feel like, wow, like, why do I get to live this life? Why do I get to do these things? And many people that are just as good or even better than me don't. And I you feel a little bit of guilt. Yeah, exactly. And that's where like a lot of my self-love comes from. Like, why then not me? And I think that it's just luck. And, you know, like, I, I think that a lot of the times and maybe I'm, I'm like jumping up the gun. But I think in the States, there's a lot of like narcissism, which is not the same as self-love. Like, just because thinking that you're better than everyone is a really good way of like, shielding yourself from this like in- intrusive thoughts of like why like capitalism sucks and why like you have all these things you know when you don't really deserve them which you really don't like like I really feel like just because your parents are rich doesn't mean like you deserve all these things right yeah I also think narcissism is like a foundation for self-lacking like if there's some underlying emotion under narcissism and that's why they, they are the way they are. Yes, definitely. And so I, I really struggle with that, like that feeling of guilt, like you said. And so I started doing therapy to like make myself feel better and like kind of like quiet down those intrusive thoughts that I was not enough. So yeah, it helped yeah. me a lot. Yeah, I think that's that's amazing to hear. I mean, even on my own finding therapy path, I've had two therapists. Um, one of the experiences with which our listeners has already heard of, it didn't really work out. Um, but right now, I think for me, I'm actively looking for a therapist that has that type of cultural competence. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be honest, we also want to say to your listeners, therapy is really fucking expensive, yes. especially if you're underinsured. Especially if you live in the US, because in France, it's different, but... Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm looking at these out of a lot of the ther- good therapists, not good therapists, but therapists that have more experience are typically out of network. Mm-hmm. And so their costs even range from like 150 to like $200 per session. And so, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And so I think since therapy is just so expensive for a lot of people, I just want to acknowledge that, you know, some mm-hmm. people can't really afford it. So I guess like when I talk about my examples right now, self love, it's just things that you can do on a da- daily basis. Um, and things I'm trying to do as well. So I just want to acknowledge that I'm still trying to do these things. It's I haven't perfected it in a way if there is even no way of saying that you perfected anything. Um, so number one, I give myself affirmations. So every every day or just when I'm feeling down, um, I typically work out in the morning, right? So after I work out, I'm like showered. Maybe I'm half naked. Maybe I'm fully naked. And then I just look in the mirror and I'm like, you are a motherfucking badass. Or like, look at that 2D today. You did squats and it looked great. You know, like. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. Just to like affirm myself and make myself feel better. You know, there. I, I think there's days, especially when you're just at home and you know you're like in terms of physically you're not putting makeup on you're not taking care of yourself if you look at yourself you're gonna you'll be like wow (laughs) this is what the pandemic has turned me into but um for me i try to like pick out the good things um another thing of showing self-love is just knowing that being okay with making mistakes again like knowing that i'm human that i can't be perfect with our job in my relationships and there are mistakes that are bound to be happen i think i realize i'm really tightly wounded yeah, and then I just really need to like unwind parts of myself and just like relax, you know, just relax sometimes. And then something I'm also still trying to is not comparing myself, um, just acknowledging that everyone is on their own path and journeys. 
on social media, what you see is not really what you get. This race called life, everyone's at a different starting point, right? And so don't compare you to other you to another person because your starting point, the moment you were born, were completely different. I just want to jump in and say like that I really, really resonate with that because I, I mean, I live my life like a horse in a racetrack, you know, where he only sees ahead. I don't think that you move forward by looking on the sides. You have to look ahead. And you can't compare yourself. Like, I mean, we talked about it before about like Insta and how people always show the best of themselves, but they don't show the struggle. So even the things that you're comparing to, it's not really the true, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's better than it to compare yourself. To Rose's point, these are the things that you can ask yourself in your everyday, right? How can I better love myself, not only despite my choices and mistakes, but because of them? Mm-hmm. How can I show up for myself with love the way I show up for others? And then what tenderness and care can I extend to myself today? And I think like the reason why we even bring up this topic, I think every fucking single day that shit just hits the fan in our society. And I think there are some times when you might feel helpless, you feel angry, or you just feel dispirited at all the systemic issues that are happening, you know, in the States and around the world, right? As equally as it's important for us to think about, like, let's take action. What's next? What can I do? You need to give yourself the space and time to process and heal. Like that is equally as important because we're really in this fight for the long run. And the moment that you don't take yourself into consideration, you might feel parts of yourself falling. Yeah. And I like, me and Rosa just thought about this topic literally a few days ago because we yes. thought it was just super relevant. And then I think one more thing too um, is tap into your communities, right? People that you know that can give you space, safe spaces and you can have these conversations. Like I was talking to one of my social workers at, at my um, company and he was like, do you have these communities or safe spaces and people you can talk to? Because right now your goal isn't to go into these battlefields and like have arguments with people, especially if you're torn like on the inside, your goal is to make sure you are healed before you go into the battlefield. And I know I'm putting a lot of ex- like kind of theoretical examples here, but that's really, that's how I approach it. I think being POC in America, a lot of the times is just survival. And like you said, it is like the fight that we're fighting is for the long run. And many people have said that this is important to take care of yourself because we don't want you to burn out, right? Every day mm-hmm. we see the news and there's something else that has happened and it really does weigh on your conscience. So you have to try to, the best to just keep yourself fulfilled in a way. And following those guidelines that Emily has said, for example, like I, it's very interesting because all these things that Emily has just spoke about, I do a lot more when I just finish like a relationship when i'm Mm. trying to get over a breakup i am the nicest to myself that i can possibly be and i'm trying Mm. to like continue being this way even after a breakup right just like for example affirmations i listen to affirmations every time i had a breakup and it's very interesting because i'm like why don't i keep doing this you know why don't i keep being nice to myself even after i'm over it but it's hard it's hard but you you must like try to find ways to continue elevating yourself because that's what it is right like the world trying to put us down and we need to keep trying to elevate ourselves definitely 
Wow. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, like Everything Rosa shared is just so equally important. I mean, I could just share a personal example of it's helpful for folks, but especially after the shootings in Atlanta and the rise in anti-Asian crime, I like I for my self-love, I had to not I had to disconnect from mm-hmm. everything. And so like especially when that day happened, I mean, I'm, this is a work in progress, right? In the morning, I try to push through it. Like I, I worked until like 2 p.m. Even if when I saw the news, like the moment I woke up and I was like, you know what? Work will actually be a helpful way for me to like not think about it. But I had like a one-on-one with my director and like I had my video off. And at that point, I was like almost ready to like start crying. Um, and so I told him like, hey, like I'm just going to let you know I, I'm not going to be on for the rest of today. I just need time to process. And like luckily, my company is really good at that, especially my team. They're like, if you just need time to process you do what you need to do like work is going to be worth the tomorrow the day after years later right exactly so do what you needed to hear yourself and so like that was I mean this we're going to talk about boundaries but like that was the boundary I set and I felt like I took that afternoon off and I it just made me feel better because I just I just I, I didn't think about work I was just like watching dramas I was just trying to like take my mind off of things I was processing and journaling I was writing the episode for a few a few episodes ago about anti-Asian hate just like doing all these things that I needed to do yes definitely and one of the things that you said about journaling like I journal a lot like I have like five different journals for five different things like just every day today I learn lists mm. of things that I want to watch um, mm-hmm. inspirational quotes like things that really fill your life with happiness right because mm-hmm. you have to like romance yourself in a way uh, you kind of have to fall in love with the life you live in so sometimes like for example now I'm doing volunteer hours in the American library in Paris and mm-hmm. I have like a, I have a 20 minute 30 minute bike ride to get there and I just like is make sure that I pass by all the monuments, you know, make sure that I yeah. see the Eiffel Tower on my way there. And it's right. just like, you know, like thinking about, wow, so romantic. My life is so romantic, <laughs> you know, but like <laughs> it does help me because like I did it because I started volunteering because I needed to get out of my house. Like I told Emily before, like mm-hmm. I've been cooped up in my house for a year and a half. I work from home and a programmer and I don't have that much human interaction. So I needed to do something that was worthwhile. And sometimes like self-love also comes like from helping other people. And I think yeah. that that's what I needed to see that like made a difference. And so I reached out. It's always important to reach out. And I was able to find this opportunity to help them out on their website. Right. And that's something like it brings me joy now to be able to help them out in this endeavor. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. I mean, the the examples we gave is just like we wanted to let you know that self-love also doesn't have to cost anything like when we talk about self-care it's like let me buy myself 10 bottles of wine so i could drink myself (laughs) until infinity or like let me buy like this amazing soap to give myself both like while those are important we just want to let you know that self-love is free and something that you give to yourself and that resonates a lot with me because i think that especially growing up in the usa we buy into consumerism a lot like Mm -hmm. i think that a lot of the times, like, for example, me, I would, like, 
buy all these queens, buy all these like crystals, buy all these like bubble baths, all these expensive shit, right. you know? Like I will have like a oh treat myself day and I will spend like mm-hmm. so much money. But it was just in a way to distract myself from like something that was actually like the root of the issue. And now yes, short term. Exactly, short term. Like once the bubble bath is gone, I still need to deal with my demons. And I think now like more of my self-love is more like looking at my demons, you know, like Nietzsche says, staring at the abyss, <laughs> you know, and trying to like, okay, I got it under control. I'm going to face this. And I, I have the tools because of therapy and other different things, you know. And yeah. at the same time, it takes time. Like It has mm-hmm. been like a up and down battle for me for like a very long time. And sometimes yeah. like right now I'm good. Tomorrow I won't be good. I think reading has helped me a lot too. Um, mm-hmm. To like keep myself like f- finding perspectives that keep me happy. But at the mm-hmm. same time, like being happy all the time it's also not sustainable. So you also have to be honest with yourself. Yes, yes. I Oh my gosh, so many things I want to pull up from there. But I think, yeah, no one is going to have 100% self-love unless Mm -hmm. you're a narcissist and you think you have that, which is not what we're talking about. (laughs) I think think it's incremental and I think sometimes you don't realize it until someone says it to you. Until someone says, wow, like Emily, I've seen you change your lifestyle i've seen you take care of yourself more i see you like have a smile on your face and like those incremental changes that people say about you shows that you are giving yourself more self-love i've seen it happen to my friends i've seen it happen to myself and that's really the only way you could really see if you've grown i would say So now that we talk about self-love and tactics, I know Rosa mentioned something about tactics. Um, we're going to actually move a little bit and talk about boundary setting. That is equally as important. Um, yes. And so um, I'm going, so basically I've been reading <laughs> this book called <laughs> Set Boundaries, Find Peace, A Guide to Reclaim Yourself by Nezra Glover Tawab. And it is amazing. Um, and I just want to walk through really four ways that we unsuccessfully communicate boundaries. And then we're going to talk about like, what's the best way to communicate boundaries. The reason I bring it up is because I've seen this happen a lot in my personal relationships with my parents, as well as work. And I think a lot of it comes from our childhood, how we see boundaries communicated to us and how we communicate to other people when we were a child directly affects as an adult, how we're interacting with the world. Um, so I'm going to go through these four examples actually tie it to a specific example and then I'm going to pass off to Rosa to see if she's seen it happen in, in kind of her day-to-day life. So here's an example for today. Um, I think it is really relevant for a lot of immigrant um, children. Um, so I'm going to say it. So the example is that your parents expect you to pay back all that they've done for you by telling that telling you that you need to put down your savings into a house mortgage that they're going to live in. Okay, so that's the example. First boundary setting is passive, right? When you set passive boundaries, it means that you're denying your needs and you're ignoring them to allow other feel comfortable, right? So you're really you're a people pleaser. You want to make sure that there is no conflict, and so you kind of ignore the problem at hand. So back in this example, an example could be. Let's say when your parents bring up the idea of a house mortgage to you, 
you brush it off by saying, yes, of course, right? Like, I'm totally going to do it and ignore what it completely may mean for you and your financial situation. So that's passive. The next one is aggressive. You're attacking a person with uh, harsh, pushy, or demanding words or behaviors, right? So you want to tell them, I want you to see how upset you've made me. And so back to the example with your parents, let's say every time your parents ask you about finding this house, you become defensive, right? You're like, I don't want to talk about it. Like, why didn't you work hard enough to have this money in the first place? This is not my house, it's yours. And why am I obligated to do this, right? So there's like this anger that's bottling up and expressed every time you talk to them. The third one is what we call passive aggressive, right? So um, it means I will act how I feel, but I'll deny how I feel. People can't guess your actions, but you're just making them. So for example, if you're being passive aggressive in your parents' situation, you're giving them silent treatment. So they talk about it. And then for like three months later, you get, you don't say anything to them because you're really angry, but you want them to know why you're angry. Okay. And last but not least is manipulation. So do or say things that will cause the other person to feel guilty and do what the manipulator wants, right? So you're basically gaslighting or withholding information. So to finalize this, manipulation in our example is that you're promising that you found the house and you have the money from it every time, but you're actually not taking action on it, right? So you're pretending you have everything figured out to your parents, but it's not actually happening. So I'm going to pause. Rosa, like which of these actually resonate with you? Like you've seen it happen or you've done to other people? And she's like looking at me like, oh shit, I've done all these. <laughs> I mean, I think that, yeah, I've done all this, like, but the thing is, like, I am the kind of person, like, I live far away from my family for a reason. I love them, but I live in another continent, you know, and I think Mm -hmm. a lot of them is just, like, because I set really strong boundaries, and I just, like, I told them, like, this is how it's going to be, and everybody thinks I'm selfish, and you can say whatever you want about me, which, Mm -hmm. I mean, I carry that guilt with me, too. Uh, but at the same time, I'm just like, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to live my life by and like left. So, well, I mean, Rosa, you're like the, on the other end, I think you're communicating your boundaries effectively. I mean, I don't know if you're like pushing things under the rug, but that actually sounds like really good boundary setting. You know what you want and you're communicating that to your parents. I am. But at the same time, I think it's like, I still feel guilty for just leaving you know but the thing Mm -hmm. is like at least my parents like both of them like right now like my mom lives in Peru and my dad lives in the United States and he's remarried so like they have their own lives right so I don't feel like obligated with them I like when I say like for example at the beginning of the podcast that I'm a hundred percent free it is because I'm a hundred percent free like I think Mm -hmm. like make adding distance between me and a lot of people and like the way that I live that I can just like pick up and go and kind of like have this nomad lifestyle it has helped me in like being free because I feel like having obligations or feeling like you have an obligation because it's very different like maybe you don't you just like feel like you have exactly like that has made me like that I I don't have that. I'm, I'm pretty liberated that tomorrow, if I want to leave, I could. You know, I mean, I won't, but I, I could. So where's that? Where's that guilt coming from? If you know that you're not obligated to your parents, I don't know. Like I think it's just because it's like the cycle of life, and I feel like maybe not right now, such so strong, but in the f- near future, I will have to help them, right? 
and they mm-hmm. will have to come here and like I feel I mean in a way I don't feel that bad as I used to before but like because like I feel like my parents have visited Europe and done a lot of things because of me kind of like open up their mind to a lot of things because I I'm here and they kind of have to but mm-hmm. I do feel bad that like for example if my mom is sick or something like that like I'm not there to help like right away like I think yeah. like when my grandma got sick like last year it really affected me because I thought like wow there's no direct fights like tomorrow and I really want to be there but there's none and it really mm-hmm. puts a lot of things in perspective for you like okay I chose to live this life so far away from all of my family and mm. I now have to go home and I can't so like you know it like it really is like fuck this might be the last time I mean my grandma's fine now but when it's like a bad time you just think about the worst and you're like fuck I pretty much screwed up so like I yes. wish I made like I was there with them during exactly. this time yeah I wish yeah. I would have made different choices and it's, it's hard yeah. not to think that way I think that a lot of the time like especially when you when you have like self-hatred tendencies like you tend to sabotage mm-hmm. yourself and put yourself in situations where things are gonna go wrong just because mm-hmm. you don't want things to go right because you don't even know wh- how are you gonna act with things to go to right so you just yeah. put yourself in this like bad situation because you know how to act when things are like shit you know yeah you put so. yourself in like the worst case scenario and you like are terrified of what that might mean for you exactly so like because like setting boundaries is like required set love courage all these things you know mm-hmm. and i think like i'm very mm-hmm. confrontational but at the same time with my family and not so for example when i lived in miami my mom expected me to see me every single weekend like to have a brunch with her and sometimes mm-hmm. it was possible but sometimes it was like annoying like it became a chore i was just like oh my god and for a lot of people it's like oh my god like it's not a big deal but it's like having this expectation every single week maybe i felt too tired i have to work like i always had to drive 40 minutes you know it was just like too much like but here's the thing though like if you the the downside of not setting boundaries is that you build resentment exactly yes and that's the thing like and and i decided not to build resentment by mm-hmm. just like cutting everyone off which is not healthy either mm-hmm. you know yeah, i was just like yeah. okay well like you guys do whatever you want have a nice life bye <laughs> so, <laughs> not good. so i i guess again like only if you're comfortable talking about it like did you actually communicate that to your parents when you left or did you just like up and leave without really giving context or reasoning? Well, like I think my parents really know knew that I always wanted to start studying in France. Like I always wanted yeah. to move to Europe and live there a couple of years. They were surprised when I decided to stay here. But I think it's also like mm. me, like I'm kind of like, oh yeah, like I got a job, so why not stay? You know. So, yeah. but I think that my parents like. I never told him, like, especially my mom, because my dad is very, like, laissez-faire. Like, he doesn't care. Like, as long as I talk to him once in a while, like, he's okay. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, I think I talked to my mom, but, like, I think that once you give someone your boundary, like, and people still break it, like, then there's nothing you can do. Like, our parents are people, yeah. too, and they're older, right. and they're not going to understand. Like, I think my mom, like, yeah. because of the way she is and the way she was raised and the way that Peruvian society is that is not individualistic but very community based like she doesn't mm-hmm. understand why would I want to be like doing my own thing 
you know like why yeah. does i want to do this thing by myself and i have explained it to her so many times you know and sometimes like, even now like she like it's always messaging me like oh what are you doing and i'm like okay mom like sometimes i talk to her for hours and sometimes i'm like bro i'm busy i talked to you like two days ago for like two hours please leave me alone you know yeah like i'm literally working and then stress but it's hard like it's hard to to like live life with like a hand stretched out kind of like pushing her away but i have to do that so she can understand that like we are two different people she needs to have right. a life that is outside of me and i'm very yeah. happy to like i'm grateful to being born but at the same time it's like she doesn't owe me anything and i don't owe her anything we're mm-hmm. two different people and she needs to make her own life and i think that she's yeah. slowly by surely understanding it but it's hard it's hard wow. it's so hard wow i feel like when you said that like so many feelings come up for me and so i'm gonna try to talk about this without tearing up yeah i think it's hard especially like to know that your parents have immigrated to the u.s or another country mm-hmm. and then also like they don't have this community and social support that you have right so like yeah i feel like because of the situation the family the unit that's like their community right so i'm yes. like i feel i feel so happy that my mom has her like siblings right like her sisters that are like in new york so like she has a community but you know when i think about my dad it's just like oh it's just really he worked independently as a business owner by himself and his family is like all the way in hong kong so like his unit is here is me and my mom and so yeah like i think guilt is so hard and this is again something i want to work through through therapy but it's like i understand that i know that it's a choice you made but at the same time like i need to figure out a way to like recognize how the boundary i need to set for myself and what i want my life to live out as versus the choices he made up until now were his choices, right? Mm-hmm. And while I could be responsible for making sure that they're taken care of when they're older, I cannot be, like, I can do as much as I can, but I can't be responsible for always being there, like, socially for them. And I think for that, that makes me feel guilty. I think the, you know like I understand because like for example like even going on vacation like it's so interesting to like be with Jocelyn and his family because Jocelyn yeah. like his whole family is from France and yeah. like it's so interesting to like parents taking charge like I don't know if you ever travel with mm-hmm. your parents but I feel like when I travel with my parents I babysit my parents you know I have to oh, make yeah, sure same, same, same. like yeah, everything is fine and like and like yeah, yeah. we just learned is like his parents are their own thing like they like his parents have a better social life than us like they do their own thing like they plan everything they do things you right. know i mean right. they're all they're younger too but it's just like i just like wonder like is this like that immigrant curse I'm not maybe not curse but like mm. the the something that we have to live with that our parents are like not comfortable like i seen my mom shine in peru but completely like eat her words in the united states because it's like she doesn't feel as comfortable and so i understand to a certain point because i have lived that here in france but -hmm. at the same time it's like i don't want to be mean but you decided this like if somebody like if i have a kid here and i never like fully like my french is like b2 b1 like if my kid is like yo you decided to come here and you never like learn french that well and that's your that's on you i don't know i wouldn't feel that bad because it's true 
Like, you know what I mean? But it's yeah. hard to be that person to say those things, you know? And it's yeah. hard to have all this responsibility at such a young age. And sometimes I don't feel like I feel guilty, but also I feel like um, like life is so unfair. Like, yes, I have so many things that other people don't have. But at the same thing, it's like all these people that get to have parents, you know, because I feel like since my parents mm. moved to America, I parent my parents. Like I have been mm. like their like mouthpiece, like, you know, like their messenger. They're mm. uh, like, I have like, they have taken me everywhere. I remember my dad fell off a ladder once and we have to go to the doctor. And I, I was there like, you know, like, 12 year old me like what the fuck is going on like you know like all night there talking to the doctors because my parents don't speak english like do i feel in a way mad at them for that no not at all i don't feel like they owe me anything but at the same time it's like how long can i do this for them right yeah 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 Whew. yeah so the um my future therapy present sessions will figure out in terms of how I can like unwrap that guilt or dis- not disassociate but like take myself a little bit out of context look at it objectively and like figure out how what I need because I can't take this guilt I think that I will always take a little bit of that guilt for me for the rest of my life I need to figure out how much of it like how much of that will actually burden me um, so there's that anyway so here's the best way you can do to communicate your boundaries okay there's three steps first of all you have to be clear and straightforward come in with a neutral tone okay step two state your request or need or say no and ask for what you need so like what rosa is really good at doing um so we go back into our like a house mortgage situation basically we go back to our previous initial example your parents bring this up conversation again about this house And you say, right, like at this moment, I really want to focus on myself and my needs. I do not think we have the financial capacity to afford a house right now. I want to look out for myself and save enough money so I can take care of myself and you both, right? And so I'm still working through my finances and my future. Given all this, I do not want to bring this up until five or seven years later, right? In the meantime, I'm more than happy to contribute to you as a daughter is on a monthly basis based on what I can reasonably afford. So like, this is just an example I brought up, right? Like, so if you're in a situation in terms of finances, your parents need support. This is something you can tell them, right? But I think like the house is something that is part of their American dream, but it's not necessarily something that is necessary, like at this very moment. And so, yeah. And like, honestly, like this all sucks. This all brings down because like in the end of the day, the government doesn't help us at all. And the government is there to help you. Like a lot mm-hmm. of the things like, you know, a lot of the problems, especially like with me, with my family and setting boundaries, like things would be better if we actually have something to rely on in the United States. But we don't, you know, and yes. that sucks. Like and Social safety net is exactly not... like if we can like, how can my parents work for so many years and have nothing like that is incredible mm-hmm. to me. Like I, at least my mom has a house in Peru, so she, like so she can go she, um, where she lives and she's okay. And I don't yeah. mind like sending her money, like I do. But I mm-hmm. think it's like at the same time you have to have your own space and like mm-hmm. Emily said, set your boundaries, which are so important because at the end of the day, like you said, like if you don't, then you're gonna end up hating the people that you sh- yeah. love. Right, right. Yeah, you just got at, at a point. You just need to tell them how you feel, and they, 
if they are your parents and they love you, they'll respect your decisions. My grandma said, like, people are not against you. They're for themselves, you know. And your yeah. parents, it's not like they want to do something wrong with you. It's just like they're trying to see what they think is the best. It's the best choice for you. Yeah, because they think like, oh, this is the house that you're going to get when we leave, right? This is like your property. I exactly. think there's like also this um unattainable american dream i mean that that's been unattainable for a while now but <laughs> like for anyone yeah. living in america but it's just like oh like for asian families it's like the house is mm-hmm. like the pet ultimate goal you've made it that is it right but so many oftentimes they're not that's not the case or it's not possible and so again like this third step i was i'm just gonna wrap it up with is just like you just got to deal with the discovery. You got to deal with the guilt. It's part of the process. But I think like if the only downside of this conversation is guilt and it, it a little bit that you can work through and chip away, I think it's worth it. I think it's worth having that conversation. So... I guess it's like when we talk about families, let's move off a little bit just to make it a little bit more just like chill. <laughs> Anything in terms of boundary setting and relationships that you've seen or that oh, has not worked for you? That has worked for me. So in relationships, I think it's very important, especially now, like, like I say every episode now, I'm 30 now. So I think like I have like mm-hmm. this like non-negotiables that like it's just like, okay, if you're not if you don't think the same way as me then no like you know on reddit way too much and i read so many like quantum stories about these girls being like well i've been dating my boyfriend and he's racist and sexist but i draw the line on animal cruelty and i'm like girl (sighs) girl like why are you even here like what like what yeah but like that happens a lot of to a lot of people so i just have mm-hmm. like you know like i'm too exhausted after work like i'm not gonna sit here and argue to you about like petty politics like if you don't have my same politics we're not dating the end you know mm-hmm. like that's yeah. self-love like i'm not gonna like argue in my own house about yeah. like if you know like black lives matter like i'm not gonna argue like they do in the end you know Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm not going to argue. Like, if you're a cop, I'm never going to date you. Like, ever. Like, ever. If you're a lawyer, I'm never going to date you. If you're a <laughs> DA, if you're a DA, I might stab you. No, just kidding. But I'll never date you either. Like, you know, yeah. like, like I just, like, like, everything else fine. Business people, like, no, actually, either. But, you know, like, I have, yeah. like, a lot of rules. And, you know, people are like, oh, it's too hard. Maybe you don't find anyone well first of all i did <laughs> jokes on you but second of all it if i don't better like honestly i can do battle by myself you know like if mm-hmm. i don't find like i mean i have just on but if i ever am by myself like and i i day for years and never find this person that i want like fine like i'm a whole fucking full person by myself and that's okay so i think like yeah the first boundary is that you know that you're enough by yourself because I feel like a lot of people feel like they're empty, right? If they don't have someone else. Exactly. Like the whole significant other half, my other half bullshit, you know? Like I am living life open myself and like enjoying my life open myself. So 
when I have someone else to enjoy, like, you know, having a couple beers by the sand, like I did right now with Josan, perfect. <sighs> but I can do it by myself too. I don't mind publicly drinking. This is why I moved to Europe, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. I th- I think yeah yeah that's that sounds so good I don't know yeah I like I think that's like the goal that's the goal for me like I need to get to that point I realized like now that I think about it, we talked about these like four ways of badly communicating boundaries I am such a passive boundary setter like I don't acknowledge the situation and I just like let things go um, I'm also not I realize I'm not good at communicating so when it comes to relationships I remember this like, specific example about like so I was basically supposed to come over to to my ex's place um and then like he wasn't feeling well so I was like yeah yeah I'll like get you like BCD tofu house from from K-Town and then I'll come over and yeah yeah because he wasn't feeling well I was like yeah like do you want that he's like sure and so like when I did that in my head it was already like around like 7 p.m in my head I was like okay like I'm gonna go to K-Town I'm gonna buy him this food just place in Brooklyn I'm staying over right like it's literally nighttime like I, and he's not feeling well so I like we're just gonna chill like, that's my assumption mm-hmm. I didn't say like right <laughs> and then so when we go to his place after he eats and everything we just chill for a few like a few hours he's like oh hey actually my coworker actually is having this like our apartment thing and I, I, I'm gonna meet some of my old coworkers and stuff like I'm gonna go mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like wait aren't you sick first yeah. of all and then second of all I was like wait I, I literally went all over to K-Town in Manhattan, 40 minutes, like an hour, 20 minutes away from my house to come over back to your place. And you're telling me you're going to this co-workers event? And so, like, that was, like, our first, like, major argument. I mean, like, I went downhill from there. But in retrospect, yes, that was an asshole move. And then number two, it's like, wow, I didn't communicate my boundary. I didn't assertively say, hey, I'm going to bring in BCD Tofu House and I'm going to stay over. Are you okay with that? Like, I just want to chill at home at your place. And because I didn't do that, I set myself up for disappointment. And so that's just one example. But I think like for me, I just need to communicate what I want. And either the guy goes with it or it doesn't. And then we can go from there. Like, I don't need to be aware of their needs and like people please all the time. It's like, fuck it. Like, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. You're going to go with it or I'm just going to do it myself. And so that's like the mentality I really hope I could bring into like my next relationships relationship just one i just i don't want multiple i just want one more that's it okay <laughs> you know maybe like what is it now like mo- like uh multi-couple uh open relationships or like oh yeah oh yeah no 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 polyamorous for me i'm good no but like yes i hear you and it's like we especially when you're young i feel like especially as a girl we let boys like fucking walk all over us because we're like smitten and it's like what the fuck did i do for you like i did all these things for you and you didn't do shit so yeah but i also think we shouldn't assume you know what i'm saying it's just like i feel like boys are dense (laughs) and you just gotta you gotta tell them up front so it's like oh it travels to their head compute okay like if i said that to him and he still does that obviously that shows he's an asshole but because i didn't communicate it there was just so he expected, but he expected for you to take food for him and leave. Like, what the hell, though? I mean, yeah, I don't know why I'm defending him. I did bring it up, but yeah, if he knew he was gonna do something afterwards, he should have said, "Hey, I'm gonna." Yeah, he should have said something as well. Exactly. Like, I feel like men set you up in this like situations that you can't win, and he's like, exactly. Yeah, simple as that. Communication. 
we all speak English. Motherfucker, <sighs> English, do you speak it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so we just want to wrap up our episode. Um, I think Rosa and I recognize how deep we went in today. I think, like, I didn't even realize how deep we're going into. Let us know um, how you self-love yourself. Um, and ways that you're actively working to set your own boundaries. Um, And with that, we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.